Welcome to Protoss, podcast on pursuing the kingdom. I'm here with Steve Cole. Thank you. And now I've got my coffee. I'm good to go. It's great to be here, Wayne. Thanks, Steve. Today, we're going to be looking at kingdom success. And this podcast really sets the foundation for all that follows. Why have you called it Protoss? That's not a name I come across every day. No, apart from being a winery in Spain that we visited. Ooh, uh, okay. It's actually a Greek word that means first, and it's used several times in the New Testament. It's you seek first the kingdom of God. It says uh, in 1 Corinthians 12 that, that, that God has established first of all apostles in the church. And so it's, it's a word about first, a word about priorities. Okay, so, and you're talking about pursuing the kingdom. So are we talking about all facets of the kingdom? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a lifelong journey to understand the kingdom, the nature of the kingdom. Jesus had a focus on it. So we're looking at you know, the what at the kingdom, but also the where. And so if uh, you're aware of the Seven Mountains type teaching, where we're encouraged to think of different disciplines in life to, to really bring the kingdom, whether it's education or, or whether it's politics or the church. But we're also looking at the how. How, is it, how do we actually bring the kingdom where we are? Okay, so when we get into the how, what are you basing this, the teaching on this series of podcasts on? Yeah, I have found it a passage in 2 Peter 1 that I found particularly helpful for church leaders, for business leaders, for myself personally. Uh, in 2 Peter 1, 5 to 11, there's a really important passage of Scripture. And it talks about some key features about how we should build our personal life or an enterprise that we might be involved with. And... It, it really gives three important outcomes. Firstly, that we'd never stumble. Secondly, that there'd be an abundant entrance provided for us into the kingdom. And thirdly, we'd neither be unfruitful nor unprofitable. So three pretty amazing outcomes. Yeah, they are. So there's three outcomes. And to get to those three outcomes, we're talking about four building blocks in that passage. So it says, you know, to your faith, add virtue, virtue, add knowledge. And then there's a, a, a whole raft of other things that you, you could put into a bucket that you could call the fruits of the Spirit, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, in this series of podcasts, every podcast is going to be aimed at one of those four features. And so this is really an integrating passage for, for this whole uh, podcast theme. So is one more important than the other? Uh well, the order is important, and but they're all important, and they're all important in order, if that makes sense. And mm-hmm. so the problem is that people naturally tend to focus just on one or two of these four things. And why is that? I think we have natural dispositions to to really, you know, be gra- to gravitate towards certain things, but also certain churches and organisations will focus on, on merely one of them. And so, for example, a church might really focus on faith or it might focus on the fruits of the Spirit. And so if that's your only diet, that's what you think is the only important thing. That actually sounds a bit dangerous to me. I mean, if all you're doing, doing is focusing on faith, um, you could be led down a path where you, you're probably more in a place of hope, waiting for something to happen, as opposed to adding other things into it. Yeah, this passage of Scripture says that we actually need to add things to our faith. Faith is not enough by itself. And so it's very clear in Scripture here what we ought to do. And so it's up to us whether we whether we do it or not. I mean, it's equally true that if you only focus on being kind, you'll miss the, the power of this passage. And you don't have a faith foundation and you're not adding virtue, you're not adding knowledge. And being kind is terrific and it's great to do a lot of kind things to people, but it's only one of the four things. 
Okay, I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you a question, and I think after what you just said, I'm starting to formulate the answer, but um, I'll get you to answer it in your words. What's the difference between an entrepreneur then and a kingdom entrepreneur? Yeah, I think that there's two major differences. One is the foundation. Uh, often mm. entrepreneurs see an opportunity, uh, they see a way to make money, they see a way to have a different lifestyle, and so they pursue that opportunity. And so a kingdom entrepreneur really starts off with faith. What is God speaking to me about and what am I doing with, with what he's saying? And so the first major distinction really is around this faith foundation uh, to the exclusion of other things, really. I think the second major difference is that uh, a kingdom and entrepreneur will have the Holy Spirit helping them in the other aspects of what, as well. He'll be directing them and empowering them about how about the virtue that they're adding to people directing and empowering them about the knowledge they're gaining and directing them and empowering around the, the fruits of the spirit that they're gaining. So it's not just a foundational issue. It's really, uh, it's a way that, that these, all these things play out. Hmm. Okay. So, um, yeah, faith obviously is a starting point then. And, uh, I think that's what I was starting to evolve my thinking around. Um, there's a scripture that says faith comes from hearing and hearing God. It actually says hearing twice. What's that all about? Yeah, I've, <laughs> that's been interpreted a lot of different ways. Uh, for me, it means that I not only need to hear, but I need to hear again. And so faith comes from hearing God. And so when we're dialoguing with him about the things he's asking us to do, I think it's, it's an encouragement for us to hear and hear again. The scripture says that we need diligence to come to the full assurance of hope. And so the diligence for me is in really dialoguing with God and, and hearing his voice about it. And an example for me was uh, when I was a, quite a young Christian, I felt God spoke to my heart about planning a church. Mm. That was extremely uh, <laughs> scary to me. I was a shy, introverted scientist. And so I kind of said the first three or four times, I went, oh, yeah, I don't think so. And by about the fourth time, I thought, well, is this you, God? And so I, I felt he spoke to me really in retrospect six times in six months and for me that's that was hearing and hearing to gain the faith mm. then to look, begin a process of, of of planning a church so basically you were sheldon <laughs> in what way <laughs> well just uh in your own world not expecting something to come left the field and, and uh struggling to actually interpret whether what you were hearing was correct yeah, I think I'm a, I'm a bit of a mixture of all four characters of the Big Bang Theory at that stage, but without a girlfriend. So. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, so um, the, so you you actually felt God spoke to you about that. What about for people, um, or what about when you can't hear God or you feel you're not hearing God? Yeah, this is kind of a big topic, I think, uh, with, with a few answers. And um, I think sometimes for me, I've, I've heard God in the beginning and... Uh, that's the that's the faith that I need to persevere with. Mm -hmm. You know, it encourages me that when Jesus asked Peter to walk on water, he asked him once, mm -hmm. and he didn't say as he's about to take the first step or the second step. There you go, brother. There you go. You can do it. <laughs> and so, you know, faith comes, and then we need to protect that faith. Uh, but the second thing is that there, there are two types of doubt and we'll get into this into a later podcast so I just described the head doubt that comes but there's also heart doubt which is which is really important to know uh, if we have or we haven't so we can continue the process of developing faith yeah that's a that's that sounds like a, a deeper subject and it's worth drilling down on we're obviously not going to do that today but um, how do you know then when you have real faith 
Yeah, I think when we when we really drill down to it, there's there's three ways I found find helpful, and I I won't uh, I'll keep that powder dry for the moment. But okay. uh, one of the, one of the key areas is is the doubt that comes when we confess. The scripture says if we can if we say for a mountain to be moved and we do not doubt in our heart, then it shall be done. So mm-hmm. recognizing and discerning that doubt in our heart, and being honest with ourselves about it, is one of those three things. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I think it's an area I've struggled with from time to time. There's some learnings in that, that's for sure. Um, so hopefully, as we come to understand this, this will help us to understand whether it's God we're hearing from at all. Yeah, I, I uh, as a, when I planted my first church, I, you know, I was the key pastor and counselor in the church. And invariably, every person who come to talk to me about anything, you know, one, of the, one of the questions was, well, you know, can you help me to understand what God is speaking to me about? And I'm going, well, I kind of know for myself. <laughs> and so I had this conversation over and over and over again. So I decided to write a book called Understanding the Witness of the Spirit, just to to help people to to understand what that witness feels like uh, and how we can put ourselves in the best position to discern it. And so that that's become a real good seller in, in Bible colleges and other places. Yeah, it's a pretty good book, actually. I hate, I hate to say it to you, but it actually is a very good book. I've read it, and uh, yeah, that's uh, one to get on the Kindle and have a look at. Now, um, I, I suppose we've kicked off with faith, and I'm, I'm now getting to what you say about um, they're all important, but the order is also important. So it says that you start with faith. And then we move into virtue. So that's not a word that I would use in every day-to-day conversation. What actually is a virtue? How can we how can we understand that better? Yeah, it is. It is an old-fashioned word, isn't it? Mm. And um, mm. when you look at the Greek meaning for the word virtue, it has two aspects. Uh, there's an it has an extrinsic or external aspect, and mm-hmm. it has an intrinsic and or internal aspect. And so virtue is both. It has. It has intrinsic or internal excellence in the fact that it has value or in and of itself. So mm-hmm. without application, it's a good thing. Uh, but it also has extrinsic uh, excellence, that it's valuable to others. And so when we're considering uh, our faith and how we help people with it, it's, it's good in and of itself, and it's actually adding value to people, which becomes a, a real key pursuit as we're adding value or adding virtue uh, to our faith. So something we can carry in something internal. So your excellence and then the value add you need, um, and that'll be in the arena of your faith, I guess. Absolutely. Uh, I think it's important to focus our value add in the arena of our faith. Otherwise, uh, we're off pursuing, trying to get excellence in a whole bunch of things. We're trying to add value to people. where We're not really adding value and uh, we're kind of just wasting our time. Um, you know, for me, you'd be <laughs> sorry. I was just going to say I was going to get you to give us an example there because um, yeah, you're talking about something you're being specifically called or you feel God's spoken to you about in your faith. So can you give me an example where it wouldn't work? Uh, yeah, I I kind of like the first round of uh, all these uh, talent programs. Oh yeah, extra, some whatever country's got talent or. <laughs> And uh, people come on and their friends have convinced them they're good at something like singing and uh, but the rest of the world is sort of a bit more dubious about it. And <laughs> if, uh, if somehow I was convinced I had a talent in singing and I went around be- trying to become excellent in it and uh, try to make people f- 
lives better because of my singing, it'd be a complete waste of time. I have no calling, no gifting, no talent. Uh, and so it's important for us to to understand what grace is upon our life and what arenas we're called into because that's in that arena, God will be blessing it and bringing us grace to help us, uh, to help people. Yeah, good point. And I'm not going to call you to sing because I actually believe you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, having, having uh, uh, faith in that area and bringing uh, virtue to that probably isn't going to work and, and maybe no. you hadn't heard from God on that, having the faith in it in the first place. Yeah, I think that's an important point uh, you've made because if we believe that we have faith for something and we, we then go about trying to help people with it and people are honestly reflecting to us it's not helping, maybe it's a good time to review what God is actually calling us to, to, to do mm-hmm. or maybe we just need to be, go on the process of getting better at it and that is having more internal uh, excellence. Uh, and also figuring out how, how it's going to help people's lives rather than just um, express our giftedness for, you know, for the sake of it. Mm, good point. Okay, so we've we've gone from faith through to virtue or internal and external excellence and value add. Um, and then we've moved into knowledge. So where does this fit in? Yeah, I think, um, again, as, as we've talked about, uh, the order is important. Mm. So having established... Uh, what we're called to do in the arena, what we're called to do it, and we're, we're going about getting better at it and adding value to people's lives, then that's the place for knowledge. How can, I, how can I get better? How can I add value? What do I need to know and to learn and to understand? Yeah, so knowledge is, um, it's not just knowing something, it's know-how as well, isn't it? It's application? Absolutely. That, that's actually the meaning of that word knowledge uh, is know-how. It's not just about uh, having opinions or having facts. It's actually the application of, of what you understand. Yeah, that makes sense. Look, my experience too with entrepreneurs and, and even in, in my own businesses has been that um, you can have a deep knowledge in a particular subject and you can apply yourself and you can go deep, but you do need a broad knowledge of a lot of other subjects, but you're not necessarily expert in everything else. They, they, um, they fill in the blanks or join the dots, but you, you go deep in one specific area. Yeah, I mean, re- research bears this out in that um, the best entrepreneurs do have specialised knowledge in one or two disciplines and a broad knowledge. And if they don't have that broad knowledge, they form teams where there's a representation of broad knowledge. I mean, innovation has been defined in some places by linking previously unlinked things. Mm-hmm. And so you have to have knowledge and understanding within yourself or within a group of people to be able to link those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very good because uh, I, I don't think uh, any any experience or any knowledge that you acquire over your lifetime is ever wasted. And I know from uh, building my own businesses that uh, you know, starting out working you know, for a builder as a labourer or working at a supermarket stacking shelves, through to uh, being a manager in a distribution network and all the rest of it, that all has built up to the stage where I was able to start a major business and build that over the years. So nothing's wasted. Oh, absolutely agree with that. And uh, you know, if you know, great entrepreneurs are, gra- are avid researchers, mm-hmm. and so they're passionate researchers in that they'll they'll think about something or be interested in something and research about it. And uh, just you know, you park that knowledge, and you never you never know when it's going to come in handy. 
Yeah, so you started out your career as a scientist, mad scientist, a physicist. Um, I don't know how mad I was exactly, but... Well, uh, if, if, if how you are today is any indication, I can only think that you must have been a mad scientist. But, so how, how then does physics help you understand the nature of the kingdom or the kingdom in general? Yeah, I, I thought when I transitioned from being a physicist to a pastor, I thought, well, that's that, that over with. But I think firstly, there's key uh, key personal attributes that contributed to me being a research scientist, mm-hmm. which are really helpful. I mean, I, I love research. I, and so I one year I studied and researched the Bible for four hours a day for the whole year. Wow. Before I had the opportunity for indoctrination yeah. by others. <laughs> and so that was really helpful. That was really helpful. But, you know, physics is a really essentially a search for the truth. And so the Bible, I believe, is truth. And, and my understanding of the Bible is a, also a search for the truth. And so I think, in, in my mind, truth is truth. And so, I mean, I've just put down a video course called The Nature of the Kingdom. And there's a linkage here uh, in understanding the kingdom between string theory, which requires uh, extra dimensions... Uh, for the mathematics to work out. Uh, and there's a corollary in the spiritual world, there's a requirement for extra dimensions that we can't see that are ever present around about us. Mm. And so my understanding of string theory actually helps me in understanding the scriptures. Right. Um, and what Jesus has said uh, and, and what has been given by revelation to other writers of the scripture. That sounds like a big topic. I'd love to go deeper in that in the future because uh, I'm sure there's... Uh, lots of points of interest in that one. Yeah, I've really addressed that in the, in that video course, the nature of the kingdom, and uh, it's uh, it's something that people are finding really helpful in in their spiritual life. Okay, Wayne, shameless plug here. Where are they going to find the video course? <laughs> uh, they're actually uh, linked on the website kingdomculture.com.au, or just search my name on Udemy. And okay, so that's where they're hosted. Very good. Okay, so we need to build knowledge in the arena of our faith. We're, we're building, we've got our faith, we're building our value add and our own excellence. We're building our knowledge and we're building our know-how and application of knowledge. Um, so what, where, where to from here? Well, I think just, just as we transition on, I, I think it's, it's important to note that we build knowledge here uh, to add to our value add. Otherwise, we're not, we're not focused on helping people with their knowledge. Now, why do we have that knowledge in the first place? Is it for our own self-esteem? Is it to feel more uh, important or feel better than others? Or is it actually to serve others? Mm. But having established that the position of our knowledge, then we go on to the final one of these categories in 2 Peter 1 about the fruits of the Spirit. Yeah, yeah. Look, I agree with that. I think... Uh Look, my, my view of some of the best businesses are actually serving others because they're serving a need. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. So, um, fruits of the Spirit, they're also enabling us to go on the, the journey. Um, how do we develop them? Well, it would be great if, they were, if patience and kindness and self-control were gifts of the Spirit. Uh, they're fruits. Fr- fruit comes uh, through a process. Okay, so you're saying that they're not already intrinsic in us like a gift. We don't just necessarily carry them? I think what we have at this point is because of how we've developed through our childhood, through our journey so far. If we want to develop further, it's not just a matter of asking God for patience. Uh, it's, it's, it's not a gift. It's not a gift we're given. It's a fruit that we develop. Okay. And how do we develop it? Uh, Paul says this statement in the book of Acts that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom. 
And uh, people read that and read other places about tribulation, think, well, you know, all these bad circumstances are going to come upon me. However, the word tribulation literally means internal pressure. Mm, it okay. means when a circumstance, when an external circumstance is larger than our internal resources, we feel a pressure. That pressure is tribulation. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I hear the word tribulation, and that sounds like all <laughs> yes. sorts of strife to me. So, so how does that help us uh, in building those fruits? Yeah, I think you know. If you, if you put two people in the same situation, one person will be under pressure and another person won't. Hmm. Uh, that's because the second person has the resources of faith, hope, and love. When I talk about internal resources, I'm really talking about those big three. Uh, we've got faith to make it through, love to give out to others, hope that there's a, there's a, better, a better future ahead of us. Um, and so, but if a, if a circumstance presents itself, and we feel pressure, it's because we don't have enough of those things. And it's our indicator to pursue faith, pursue love, and to pursue hope. The other choice people make, of course, is they run from the circumstance. Mm, now, yeah. Depending on what the circumstance is, maybe we need to avoid it. But if it's a circumstance that's that occurs within the framework of what we're called to do and how we're trying to add value to people, uh, then we need to face that circumstance and really... Um, pursue the process of building love through the Holy Spirit, kindness through, through the Holy Spirit. All these things are fruits of our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Um, that's, that's good. I mean, I, I think in any circumstance, you know, take it out of the biblical point of view, most people wouldn't change unless they experience enough pressure um, to change that is beyond the comfort of staying the same. So in any environment, it seems to be that it is that pressure. So remove the word tribulation, and that makes a lot more sense to me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a rare individual who will say, bring the pressure on. You know, <laughs> I, want, I want to feel uncomfortable. We want to, most of us uh, want to be, feel comfortable and live a quiet and peaceable life and, and feel like we're on top of everything. Mm. But that's just not reality. No, that makes sense. None of, none of us really want to change, and so we... See, the case is changing. God presents his case internally to us by allowing a circumstance that's bigger than our internal resources. Yeah, okay. So, and I, I just, in my mind, I'm thinking there's an old saying that you don't change until you learn and you don't learn until you change. And right, it, it yes. becomes a, a, well, I guess a virtuous circle. You know, mm. we're, we're in this position of uh, if we continue to want to develop and improve, it requires change. Um, which means we're, we're subjecting ourselves or allowing that pressure to, uh, to form us. Yeah, absolutely. And, to, and when pressure comes on us, it's an opportunity to go, you know what, I'm going to be a bigger person at the end of this. I'm going to be more loving, more full of faith, more full of hope if we follow the process. And we'll go through that process in a later podcast. Mm. Uh, there are steps to recognize when you're on that process. Okay. So... I'm, I'm glad that Paul wasn't saying that we're in for tough times. Or we're going to this tribulation thing. It's part of our development. So, how do we pursue fruits of the spirit then? Yeah, I think um, we we allow God to take us into situations where we we know we're not big enough to cope. So, you know, pretty much every believer that you talk to has has dreams and or prophecies from God about a bigger future. And so as we take steps into that future, we feel pressure. You know, it might be financial, it might be relational. And so we go, you know what, that pressure is good. I'm going to embrace that. And I sort of 
just anticipating a little bit of later podcasts, but but there's a passage in Romans which talks about, okay, what do we do when we feel tribulation? Mm. And so tribulation produces character. And so we'll, we'll go through that process later. Okay, that's great. Well, I'm looking forward to that in the future. So um, I just wouldn't mind drilling down on this point of being a kingdom venture versus a normal venture. So um, if we're adding value, um, which most businesses do, let's face it, um, that's the virtue point. It's still not necessarily a kingdom venture if we don't have a faith foundation. Is that right? That that's 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 right. Okay. And so I mean, it's great business and to be applauded that they're gaining excellence and adding value to people. And as believers, that's an important part. But it's the second part for us. And so I think when we're looking at our ventures and whether it's our personal life or some enterprise we're involved with. Is there a faith foundation? What has God actually spoken to me about? Sometimes we need to we need to revisit uh, uh, and restump our foundations, if you like, and say, Lord, I just laid this all before you. Uh, what am I meant to be doing? And be prepared for him to speak to us. Now, that's really about reestablishing a faith foundation. That's great. So all businesses, um, probably successful businesses, have virtue Correct. or value add. Yeah. We've now started and twisted this, or got the order right, and said for it to be truly a kingdom enterprise, um, it has faith as its foundation, then virtue, then knowledge. Yeah, as we've talked about, the important part is the order. Um, we don't we don't start with knowledge, and typically in in our Western society, we've adopted a, a knowledge first model. That is, uh, we get schooling, we go to university, uh, at which all great things. I've got several degrees you've got several degrees and so but if that actually is our foundation that is what we can do with our knowledge we've also got the wrong starting point and so uh, you know, given that we have a base of education how do we pursue knowledge I think it's we pursue it in the arena of our calling mm-hmm. and we pursue it in, in terms of gaining excellence and adding value to people and that really helps us to get the knowledge that's important for that enterprise to be a kingdom enterprise. Yeah, I can uh, I can now see that these are all um, very big topics that Correct. need to be explored yes. and why uh, I thought we were going to wrap this up in one podcast, but you yeah. were cautioning me that we needed a few more. Yeah, so uh, be prepared. Uh, these, these are great and interesting topics, and so we'll we'll be unpacking them as these podcasts go on. Fantastic. So, so what's the next podcast then? Well, next podcast, we're going to look at kingdom mission. And uh, it's people use mission and vision and values in various ways. And so we're going to use it in a particular way that really unites all of us together on the same page so we can respect one another. Whatever pursuit God calls us to, we can learn from one another. Um, And so, uh, yeah, so our mission really is also part of our faith foundation. It's the big picture of what God is speaking to all of us about. Okay. Okay, well, that's great. So um, I'm looking forward to the next podcast. Yes, uh, it's been a fun podcast one. Great. (laughs) See you next time. See you then.